I want me some glory hope. Welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We listen to some Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, SoundCloud, or on iHeartRadio. We thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Stevens, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? Alright, alright. Cephas, here we go. Since we are in NFL preseason prediction mode, I thought I'd lay a few predictions on the FGH ear holes out there. Tis the season after all. Number one, you and I, Bo Cephas and I, will have seven on-air football fights, and I will go four and three in those, by the way. (laughs) I will squeak out a winning record. Number two, my Detroit Lions will clearly and obviously win the Super Bowl. And number three, at some point, I will meet a hot little brunette. I will fall in lust only to see... That doggy-style love fall apart under the weight of football season and the weight of those big-ass titties. <laughs> now, whether you are here for the funny. <laughs> oh, hilarious. Hilarious. We're 10 hours from the fucking fun park and you want to bail out. It's called having a sense of humor and laughing. You should fucking try it once in a while. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. What a stupid son of a bitch. My apologies, Mr. President. I will do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Sandler. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and hit us up for those free picks, premium picks, and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way, the winning way, the football glory hole way. And as always, here on the sports patio, we got the TVs glowing. We got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, freaking disgusting cold beer hip choice of the week. Well, thank you very much there, sir. Tonight I am drinking a star lager from Nigerian breweries in Iganmo? I don't know. Congo. Yep. Congo. Lagos, Nigeria. It is an excellent <laughs> beer. 3.75 out of 5 stars. And Longhorn, speaking of the stars, um, we're out here on the sports patio, and I keep, you know, trying to look up 
and enjoy the stars and you keep trying to point out your anus to me and i gotta tell you buddy i'm just not that particularly interested in that spherical body yeah some people like the the stars of astrology and other people like more they, they fall more into the porn star category Is that, <laughs> like i mean it's just potato potato whatever you want all right, boys and girls, we're going to do the podcast with an NFC and AFC South. We're going to be our best bets, NFL and college, to get you paid. By the way, we went 4-0 last year in our college preseason picks, so stick around mm. if you want to get paid. But right now, we got to get paid, and to do that, here is this week's sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by Benny's Tax Evaders. Yo, it's your Uncle Benny here to tell you about your fucking taxes there. Did you know that for every fucking dollar you make, it gets taxed by the fucking government there? How the fuck is that, huh? I mean, if some fucking slob owes you a couple of fuzzles you collect on Uncle Sam over there once it's fucking 30%, what the fuck? Forget about it. With Vinny's tax evaders, you ain't turning over a fucking dime to those cocksuckers. All you's gotta do is make sure everything you collect is in cash and nobody knows why's about it, capiche? And if some jagoff tries to rat you out, you just call us and we make it like nothing ever happened. So keep those fucking white hats of washing out of your fucking pockets there with Vinny's Tax Evaders. And maybe you do us a small favor in return, huh? Something like making sure certain someone may not be a certain amount alive anymore, possibly. Salute! Jesus Christ, Longhorn, that Vinny's Tax Evaders, I don't think there's ever been a more pertinent time <laughs> in this country to hire their services since uh, Joey Biden, you know... Hired 87,000 more IRS agents and armed them with guns to come steal more of our goddamn money. So thank you to Vinny and all his boys out there doing the Lord's work. And uh, yeah, I can't think of a better fucking service to have right now. Yeah, it's funny too because oh uh, oh Hunter Biden got hit with that tax that that tax man uh, pretty heavily, but you know we're just common man live in common lives can we just bet on football and drink our beer and not have the irs up our ass i don't know doesn't seem like too much to ask to me but you know that's the way it goes amen Boys and girls, we're going to start off with the NFC South and those hot Atlanta Falcons. Woo! Last year, 7-10. and 10, They went over their five win over under pretty easily. Uh, Vegas expecting a pretty huge upgrade from them this year at 8.5. Now, if you want to look at a quick betting perspective, last year, 9-8 ATS, 52.9%. Plus 0.02 units. You crawled over a little uh, profit line there if you bet them every game. But before then, Stinko, 6, 10, and 1, 7, and 9, 7, 8, and 1, 5, and 11, 8, and 10. So not a very profitable team in the last five to six years. Last year, you made a nickel to give to your fucking grandma. So, uh, Longhorn, what do you see going on with the hot Atlanta Falcons this year? Well, first of all, you can shut your dirty horse mouth about my Atlanta Falcons. Uh, every year, like, obviously, I, I think I have this discussion every single year. I'm going to turn. Do I sound, does, this, does the mic sound hot to you? It looks no, like you're it's, good, man. Okay. It looks like it's coming a little hot on the 
on the screen. Every year I have these um, because I because I'm the roster guy and I pay attention to the roster building. I kind of have these teams that I fall in love with, and famously, I fall in love with them a year early. Uh, uh, two years ago, it was Minnesota. Picked them to win the division. Didn't happen until the year later. Um, New Orleans, I picked them last year to win the division. A lot of people have them winning the division this year. So I'm famously early on a lot of these teams just because I love the way they're team building and and they're they're doing it the right way to me personally, the way that I would build a team. So Atlanta falls into this category for me this year, although I'm going to not take the bait and and make them division champs. But I am going to just go ahead and claim that they are the team on the come for me Arrow up for these Atlanta Falcons this year. Uh, let's just start with in the trenches. My favorite spot to start with every team. This is a top five. If you're being if you're being pessimistic, it's a top five offensive line. If you're really digging down and and being honest, I mean you could put them you could put them too. You know a lot of people have the, the top five teams on offensive line rankings. A lot of people have Philly. Uh, Cleveland, Detroit, Atlanta, you know, I'm, I'm probably forgetting one, but but those are, those teams are the mix of the top five. What a fantastic group. There are one, two, three. There, there's three first rounders and a couple second rounders, and they're just they're just loaded on the offensive line. They have good good skill positions. I won't say great yet because uh, they're a little lacking in the wide receiver department, but Drake London looks like a stud at receiver and obviously bringing in B. John Robinson. I mean, you know, and and, and Kyle Pitts. What are you going to get from Kyle Pitts? I don't know. He could be great. Could be system dependent, uh, you know, with with this heavy running scheme. I don't know if you're going to see the the, everything that Kyle Pitts could could bring in maybe a different team, but is still going to be pretty damn good with what he brings, and not to mention they brought in Jonu Smith uh, to uh, to back him up and, and to have some an interesting two tight end set there with Jonu Smith and, and Kyle Pitts. So, long story short, this offense and this team largely comes down to the quarterback. And <laughs> you talk about a question mark? Fuck, I don't know. He doesn't look good. I'll tell you that he doesn't look good from what we've seen. Um, but I will, I've mentioned this, uh, um, in one of our off season pods, a lot of rumors, a lot of rumors with this Atlanta team. So if you see Desmond Ritter, the quarterback struggle with this Atlanta team, and you see a team like Tennessee struggle to start the season, do not be surprised if you see a Tannehill to Atlanta trade. And it could be a different quarterback that I'm not even thinking about right now. Breaking but, news. Well, I mean, it's it, the rumors are out there. Okay, there's there's a uh, there's a coach connection. Arthur Smith used to be with Tannehill, so the scheme fit like like everything would fit perfectly. And not to mention, we'll get to to uh, Tennessee later, but they have a second round and a third round quarterback that they drafted in the last two years behind Tannehill. So they kind of got to get on the ball and finding out what they got behind Tannehill. So just just look for it. <clears throat> if Tennessee struggles and Desmond Ritter, Ritter struggles, there could be some action there before the trade deadline uh, coming up. Now on defense, it, it's very interesting what they've done on defense because they have brought in a slew of talent to go along with some pretty decent talent uh, that they had already. The players they brought in: Calais Campbell, defensive end from Baltimore. Uh, Bud Dupree, pass rusher from Tennessee. Uh, Lorenzo Carter, another pass rusher from, from the Giants. Uh, Jesse Bates, uh, all-pro 
free safety from the Cincinnati Bengals. They brought in Jeff Okuda from Detroit, not expecting much from him. He's, he's you know, clearly at this point kind of just going to be a jag. You know, maybe you get average starting play. If you get average starting quarterback play out of Jeff Okuda at this point, you're happy. Uh, throw that in with uh, uh, stalwarts like Grady, Grady Jarrett and A.J. Terrell, the, the cornerback. You've got an interesting mix of vets they brought in to go along with some uh, some some studs they already had over there. So long story short, this will probably be my longest you know write up and 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 talk about, but just because I like them so much and what they're doing, this is going to be all about Desmond Ritter and the quarterback position at large. I do. I'm not like I said. I'm not going to you know not going to just go all in like I have in the past. I'm going to kind of back it up a little bit. I do have them going nine and eight, which is over the eight and a half you just said. So I do like them to go over, but I'm not picking them to win division. What do you got? Yeah, they only lost uh, 84 stats from last year, which is great for continuity. But you know, you mer- you did mention uh, some of the additions on defense, which they did neither defense stunk. Thirtieth in DVOA. Terrible. Terrible. And they lost their best player off the defense and their leading tackler. So. Well, all these additions. Who was that? Uh, don't ask me. I don't know his name. Hmm. But anyway, can't uh, be too good. Yeah, I mean, overall, would the additions make them better? I mean, sure, maybe. From thirtieth to uh, maybe average, I don't know. We've oh. talked about it all the time. If if you get in that mid range on defense, if that's, if you yes, if yes. you can get to the mid range. So on offense, they were not terrible. 13th in DVOA, 15th in scoring. But when you break that down, they average 22 points per game with the Hawaiian retard and only 16 points a game with Not Desmond Ritter. Unofficial nickname. Not official. <laughs> <laughs> now, I like Ritter. I loved him at Cincy. He won us a lot of money. I've never heard a bad word on or off the field about this kid. And with the weapons that he has, like you said, they should be able to score the ball, you know, at an average clip, just like kind of like they did last year. But I don't know that their defense is really going to take a big step forward. So an average output. So if you just took them from 30th, like you said, to average, that puts you at an over eight and a half wins. Now, looking at the schedule, they have nine road games this year, and that is significant for any young quarterback, but more so for this team. Six of their seven wins last year came at home. Now, this team has one less home game, but their schedule was easier this year also. They have the NFC North, which is garbage. Mm. They have the AFC South, which we will get to later in this podcast, but Mm. spoiler alert, it's fucking garbage too. Garbage. And for the most part, they got their toughest opponents at home this year. So they really did win the schedule lottery. But late in the year, will be brutal for this team. In December, they go to the Jets. If Ritter is still the quarterback, Hmm. he has zero chance cutting the ball through that win Longhorn with his tiny, tiny arm. Uh, They go to Carolina, which is a tough division road game. They go to Chicago on New Year's Eve. And Longhorn, I know you don't know. You don't have – I don't have to tell you how fucking cold – that game is going to be, and how brutal that win will be with a quarterback what? for a tiny arm. They run a lot, though. They run. We'll see. And they finish at New Orleans, which, here's the caveat, depending on motivation, they could catch a break just like they did last year 
with Tampa Bay, when Tampa Bay didn't put anything on the field, and that's the only reason they got to seven wins. They should have only won six. So they got to seven because Tampa Bay didn't play the last game. But all in all, you got a young quarterback who I think being average this year obviously would be a huge step forward. He oh, was yeah. dead last in almost every metric imaginable. So optimistically, if you put him at 370, you know, but – I mean, if, even if their defense is a little less than average, best I can do is 385. That's 8.3 wins. Vegas has them favored at 8 out of 17 games. That's 8.33 wins projected. That's right where, I mean, that's right where their over-under is. That's right where I got to go. I'll say this now. Uh, I can't break it out tonight, but I'm in the middle of doing some research. It's very interesting things that I found on doing breaking down Vegas's projecting wins throughout the their actual line, so in other words, implied wins versus their over-under, and whether they were within half a win or less or less than half a win, and what that means. I'm just going to say it's been some interesting stuff so far, but uh, right now they're projected 8.33 applied wins throughout the lines if you go through it. So I'll go conservative overall. I'll say 8 and 9. They just slip under. It wouldn't shock me if they go nine to eight either, but I'll, I'll say eight and nine officially. Yeah, it's just, it's just, man, you talk about an offense that is just tailor made to bring in a quarterback to just look, just don't fuck it up. I mean, man, yeah, this is this is the sweet spot. If you're if you're a young quarterback, you cannot yeah. ask for anything better than this. And like I said, they did hit they did hit the schedule lottery. It's that late. That that late push, man. Those four late road games, they four out of five games in December on the road. None of them are going to be easy at all. So you think that in that little laboratory that you're working in, that you could like just take a break and maybe build me a sex robot? Is that is that asking too much for you to? I mean, just Jesus Christ! All right, boys and girls, moving those Carolina <laughs> Panthers, man. They crawled over that six and a half oh runner and beat us. God. Damn it. Hmm. Vegas expecting an upgrade this year. Over under seven and a half. Now, betting perspective. Again, eh, much the same. Nine and eight last year ATS plus 0.2 units. So you made a nickel for your grandma. Uh, before then, not much success. Five and 12. Look, you lost 8.2 units. Your grandma's already in the poorhouse anyway. Nine and seven, and then six, nine, and one before that. So. Not a lot of good things going on with the Panthers ATS-wise, but Longhorn, how do you see the 2023 Panthers playing out? My grandma grew up in the poorhouse and then made her way to the penthouse, so she was a special lady. (laughs) Uh, I don't really particularly like this team, to be honest with you. Um, There's things that I like, and then there's things that I'm kind of like, what are y'all doing there? But I see the vision. And depending on how you feel about Bryce Young, you've got you've got what you what you think could be. Look, look let's face it: if he was six two six three, you'd be, I would. My opinion on this team would be so much different if he was six two six three. I'd be like, yeah, they're ready to go. Arrow up, uh, good defense. That's building. funny. That's I hate to cut it, but that's funny that you say that. My opinion would be so much different in the future, but for this year, it still would be the same. Yeah, but but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like no, I, I get it. I, I, I view him as like, are, yes. are we arrows up here? Are we kind of like laying? Or you know, like, but 
Look, I'm going to assume until Bryce Young gets broken in half like he almost did last weekend against the Jets in the preseason, I'm going to assume that that uh, he's going to be awesome because when he does play quarterback, he's fucking awesome. He just is. Now, to the roster. <sighs> it's a brand new scheme on offense, number one. Brand new quarterback on offense, number two. And all, all new skill positions. Okay? DJ Chark. Rookie receiver, Jonathan Mingo, Adam Thielen, free agent from Minnesota at the receiver position. Hayden Hurst, free agent tight end from Cincinnati. Uh, and Miles Sanders, free agent running back from Philadelphia. So the only continuity on this team is the offensive line. And that's the only thing giving me a little bit of hope that they have here. Uh, because with Iquanu, Brady Kirschison, uh Bradley Bozeman, Corbett, who's not back from injury yet, but he's a solid guard once he does get back. And Taylor Mouton. It's a good-looking offensive line on paper. Okay, and they're going to need this offensive line to not get any injuries because behind them, it's doo-doo. It's trash. If they get any injuries, any, any, <laughs> any problems up front, they, they've got serious problems uh, because this new scheme and all these new skill position players are going to need time to get it going and uh, and a, and a good crutch to give you that time is a solid offensive line. And you know, there I I don't have like an offensive line ranking in front of me, but but I would you know just off off looking at it, I would say this is in the upper you know range, like like in the low teens uh, of offensive line rankings. Uh, now, when you go to the defense, there's there's not a lot to not like. Like this, this is the backbone of this defense of this team is the defense, and they're going to need this defense to keep them in games while the offense figures it out early. Um, so you know, I would say this is a really good bet the under type team early in this early in the season. Uh, there's not a lot to change on on defense, by the way. I'm not going to go over a lot on the, on the uh, defensive side of the ball because it's it's kind of a lot of the same to be honest with you. And they were good last year. You'll go over the, you'll you'll go over the, some of the numbers, I'm sure. But uh, good defense, good offensive line. My God, the offense skill positions are going to need time to figure this out. And a lot of uh, <laughs> seventeen to thirteen type games in that first month of the season. Yeah, that's pretty well said. Um, you know, Vegas has them only favored in four of 17 games at 6.97 implied win. So, obviously, Vegas is not believing this team. And, again, I alluded to the, you know, if you're if they're under more than half a win away from under or over from what their over-under is, it's it's a pretty big projection there. So, again, going to do some more research. We'll bring it out to you next week. But – we do see this, you know, in the market over under get inflated with high profile rookie quarterbacks. I'll go into that a little bit later. There's a very uh, specific number that is going to come into play on this podcast. Um, but fans always buy hope, and Vegas has an endless supply of hope <laughs> to fucking sell. Okay. Fuck yeah. Now, if you listen to any of our draft pods or any of the live stuff that we did from the draft in Kansas City, you already know I fucking love. Bryce Young. Love this kid. And like Longhorn said, if he was 6'2", 6'3", 200 to 220 pounds, hmm. no fucking brainer. I mean, this kid would be the shit. And I do love that Frank Wright is his new head coach. And I love that Josh McCown is his new quarterback coach. Because that guy apparently 
is really fucking good at it. But what I don't like is a lot of what my buddy said. He's coming into an offense that only scored 347 points last year, and that was with C-Mac for half the year, DJ Moore, and two veteran former top 10 overall picks at quarterback. So now the starting running back is Sanders, which Philly let walk. They have no Deontay Foreman. Their wide receivers are retreads and a young guy who hasn't done much yet in two years so far. Retreads at tight end. And, I mean, just overall this offense is going to struggle. Now, if you look at their schedule, if they cannot find a way to beat Minnesota in week four, they're seriously staring 0-6 dead in the fucking face. <laughs> heading into their bye week. And we haven't talked about their defense yet, which you did. 25th last year in DVOA. They're returning 9 of 11 starters. That's shocking to me, actually. That's that. I wonder what the splits are on that because they're they're too good of a defense on paper to be that bad. I wonder if there was a lot of quit in that second half that made it made it go bad. Not really, because they fucked. They were we had them. We had the under on six and a half, and they were dead projected to go under. And they had a pretty good late uh, season surge. So not really. Hmm. That's weird. Hmm. But. Uh, they do return nine of those 11 starters at seven and a half over under Vegas is projecting 355 points, which is less than last year. Giving you up 370 on defense last year, they gave up 374. Uh, look, I look back at all the way to 2015 and rookie quarterbacks and how many points they score on average. And I just kind of put them into buckets. So the 330 to 370 tier was Jameis Winston, Carson Wentz, Sean Watson, Sam Darnold, uh, Baker, Daniel Jones, and Collar. Now, I like Bryce Young infinitely more than any of those fucking guys. So, I'm going to project him at 350 points, which is, I think, pretty generous. But I don't see any improvement, Longhorn, like you said, on their defense. I project them at 400 points, giving up. And that puts me at 7-10, and 10, which is very close to the 6.97 implied wins by their future lines. But to be honest, I honestly can't really see them winning more than 6. What do you have them at? I haven't said yet. Oh, okay. Sorry. The projection puts me at 7-10. and 10. I can't see them winning more than 6. However, I will yield to my projection and to the fact that I just love fucking Bryce Young, and I'll I will leave them at seven and ten. Hmm. I actually didn't give mine either. I've got them at six and eleven. Um, so so we're both going under there. What was the over under? Seven and a half. Yeah, I'm going under. Uh, it, and just your God, that threw me off with your uh, that they were twenty fifth. On defense, that's DVOA last year? Yeah, DVOA. That's Just looking at the roster, I mean, this is rare. I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, six. There's seven starters that are in the 70, a 70 PFF grade or higher. One of them's in the, in the mid 80s, like on defense, just on defense. That's, that's, those are all above average NFL starter, starters on defense. There's no reason this this defense should not be mid range, uh, uh, so that's it's just that's a curious, curious thing there. Yeah, I, they had some really early. So, 
I was let's see that oh that's two thousand nineteen. I was say I was wrong on that. No, it's two thousand nineteen. Where's twenty two? Uh yeah. So twenty two, yeah, they had a huge late resurgence. They won one, two, three, five three out of their last five no, sorry, four out of the last six games to beat us. They started off one, two, three, and like ten or whatever it was. So Huge late resurgence to fucking uh, beat us on the over-under. They won their last game 10-7, to so that <laughs> was huge. Yeah. Yeah. Go fuck us, I guess, with that one. Anyway, moving on. Those New Orleans Saints. Woo, 7-10 last year. Very, very disappointing year. Under the 8.5 over-under. Vegas still expecting an upgrade this year with the over-under set at nine and a half. So, Longhorn, what do you got on them Saints? Oh, nine and a half, huh? Well, all right, I'm a little torn on this on this Saints team, to be honest with you. So, I want I want to love them. I want because remember last year I I picked them to win that division and. I but here's the deal. Even what do though, you always say? You're year too early. I know this is their year, baby. I know, but I liked last year's roster better than this year's roster. Uh, but I do like Derek Carr and this fit better than Jameis Winston and the fit. Um, so it just it's eh, it's 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 throwing me off a little bit. But Derek Carr with this offensive line that is. Basically all the same. Um, Trevor Penning, the first round pick in 2022 at left tackle, should be able to step in and kind of uh, uh, assume that role. But you know, <laughs> that's assuming yeah, he's never really like started at that in that role yet. So that is a question mark <clears throat> on the offensive line. But the other four, uh, Andrews, Pete, Eric McCoy, Caesar Ruiz, and Ryan Ramchak. I mean, that's that's some of the best other four that you'll find in the league. And if you got one question mark. On the offensive line, and he's a first-round pick from a couple years from a year prior. You're doing okay uh, with Chris Olave and <laughs> hello Michael Thomas sighting. He's apparently going to play this year, so what? Yeah, he. I mean, I guess with a so, white quarterback. Yeah, he's playing with a white quarterback. Uh, we'll see how that works out. Uh, as soon as something goes wrong, or there's a kneeling, non-kneeling situation. Maybe he's fucking out of there. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Jamal Williams is going to, you know, hold the fort down until until um, Kamara gets in there. There's not a, again, not a lot to not like about the. Do offense. We know Kamara's out though because he played the other day. He's got like a six. I think it's six games. Okay. Yeah, he's four or six. I can't remember. It's, yeah, it's, he's going to be out for a little bit now. The reason I don't like this team as much as I like the last year's team is because there's some holes on defense that I really don't like to see when I'm picking a team to win a division. And I am picking them to win this division and go 10 and 7. So let's get that out of the way. But if you're, if you're like one of those people that's picking Atlanta to win this division, it's because they have a better roster. They're, they could have the better roster. Let's, they're, they're very equal. You know, but if, if all the question marks on, on Atlanta's defense hit and all those free agents come in and hit, they're going to be a better roster than New Orleans. But Derek Carr versus Ritter, I'm going to give the edge to Derek Carr in this one. Uh, like, but the holes on this defense up the middle, I don't like anything in the middle 
in the middle of this defensive line. There's there's nothing to stop the run at all. They did draft Brian Brees out of Clemson with the number with their first round pick, but I mean he's a rookie, and I'm I'm not seeing pass rush. Cam Cam Jordan, you know what you're going to get out of him. You're going to get your ten sacks from him. But my God, he was drafted in 2011. It is 2023. Like, how long can you just keep penciling him in for 10, 12 sacks? And, you know, he probably will. But what if he doesn't? What if Father Time finally gets him? You are seriously lacking a pass rush on this defense. You're seriously lacking up the middle with the rush defense. And you've got some questions at cornerback behind uh, Marshawn Lattimore, who is a stud. I love the safeties with Marcus May and Tyron Mathau. Uh, the honey badger, but dude, man, I've got, I see too many holes on this defense to feel really good about picking this team to win the division. The problem is, is there's no one else to pick. So I am going to pick them to win this division and go 10 and seven. What do you got? Yeah, I'll dress the defense in a second. Um, but the over under set in nine and a half favorite in nine games, three picks, five dogs. That's, that's a implied 9.18 wins. So short of the 9.5 wins that Vegas has out in the market. I'll keep this one short. Dennis Allen has this fucking defense on point. Number eight last year in DVOA. If he's got to plug different people in the scheme, this dude has proven that he can and will uh, provide a good defense. They only gave up 345 points last year. Even if they slipped the average, that's not a problem for me. You know, the only problem last year is they only scored 330 points. So they should have been eight and nine. So they got some positive luck regression coming their way. And not counting his rookie season, Derek Carr has averaged 361 points per season for his career. And over the last three years, which he's really matured as a quarterback, obviously, he's averaged 401. So Mm. if I put them at 395, 370, that's right about 10 wins. And I think that's actually their floor. If you look, and the only reason why I said it's their floor, if you look at their schedule, they play two teams, two teams that Vegas has projected to have a winning record. And they get both of them at home. They host Jacksonville on a short week on a Thursday night. So huge advantage for New Orleans there. And they host Detroit. So even if you give them the split one and one, which I did breaking down the schedule, they're going to have to work really fucking hard not to win 12 games. And so Jesus. they've got the best quarterback in the division. If they're not tied for the best roster, like you said, maybe tied for the best roster in the division, that's fine. They're going to have to work really hard not to win 12 games. And numbers be damned, that's where I have them. I have the floor of 10, the ceiling of 13. I'll go in the upper two-thirds of that. I will say 12. And a five officially for the New Orleans Saints. Damn. Okay. All right. Love them Saints. All right. How about it? Finishing up this division. Top. Oh, no. No more. No No more. No more. Not anymore. Back to just Tampa Bay. Eight and nine last year. Well under the 11 and a half over under. The king is finally dead. (laughs) No more goat. And Vegas has adjusted them accordingly. The biggest downgrade in the NFL year over year. Over under set at six down from 11 and a half. God <laughs> damn it. Longhorn, what do you got on this Tampa Bay debacle? 
It's the Tampa Bakers. That that can be there. The Tampa <laughs> Bakers. <laughs> um, I don't like this team. Let me just—I don't like this team. Um, obviously Evans, Godwin, gotta love that. Nothing to not like there. Gotta love Tristan. Work. Just cut it. Is uh-huh. Mike Evans the most underrated player of his generation? He's he's just one of those like Rafael Palmero type. Just he just does the same thing every year, and he'll probably do it for fifteen years. And uh, yeah, he's he's. I mean, I, th- I think if he if he gets a thousand yards this season, he will break Jerry Rice's record for most consecutive seasons of over a thousand yards. Yeah, he just never gets hurt, so he's always there. You can always mark him down for a thousand yards and around around ten touchdowns. I don't know what his average is, but seems like it's around eight yeah. ten touchdowns yeah. a year. So, yeah, he's really good. The problem is he's going to have uh, Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask is getting a lot of burn <laughs> in preseason. So good luck with that. Uh, outside of Tristan Wirfs and Ryan Jensen, who I really like, the offensive line is a fucking huge mess with Gadecki, Cody Mock, and Matt Filer. And Mock is a rookie, so good luck with that. It's just, it's ugly. It's very, very ugly on offense with uh, two shining stars in Godwin and Evans. Uh, the the running back and tight end position is a, is a disaster. I mean, Rashad White, Chase Edmonds, those are your running backs. Cade Otten, something they named... Who? Cade Auden is your starting tight end, and Mm-mm. Co Keift is your backup. It's a fucking mess on on offense. Those aren't real people. Hey, these are real people. Now let's go to the defense. You have the names. The, the like the, all. It's all the same. It's all the same people th- mixed in with the drafting of Kalijah Cansey uh, out of Pittsburgh. The um, he was the Aaron Darnold light, the smaller defensive tackle, quick chit. Quick twitch defensive tackle that everybody wants. It looks fucking great on paper. Here's the problem. Uh, when your offense sucks and your defense is always on the field and you're losing games, the defense has a tendency to quit real quick through uh, through in a game and through the season. So, I, I mean, I, I can't, I'm not going to even go down the list of names. You know who they are. It's all the same people. I fucking love them. On a good team and a good offense, man, this fucking defense is great. On a bad team and they're always on the field, they're not going to be good. They're going to quit and they're going to give up. I've got this team going 5-12 and 12 and in last place in this division. All right, well, um, they aren't favored in a single game this year. <laughs> uh, 15 dogs and two pickums. That's 5.95 wins implied. This offense stunk last year with the greatest quarterback of all fucking time. Mm. They were tied with the Chargers for the two worst teams to make the playoffs since 2015 per our power rankings. They aren't going to be good, period. I didn't spend a lot of time (laughs) on this team. I've got them projected just by the numbers right at six wins, which is exactly where their over-under is. But to do that, they will have to beat Houston in Houston and Indy in Indy, which 
Obviously, they can, but if they don't sweep that, it's 5-12 and 12 for them. That's where I'm going to land officially right with you. 5-12 and fucking 12 for the Tampa Bay. Or what would you say? Tam- Tampa, Tampa Bakers. Bakers. Tampa Bakers. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, quick recap from my side for the division. I've got New Orleans winning the division 12-5. and five. That's obviously going over. Atlanta, 8-9. and nine. Could be 9-8. and eight. I'll go 8-9. and nine. Slight under. Carolina, 7-10. and 10. I think I'm being generous there, honestly, but still slight under. And Tampa, 5-12 and 12 under also. All right. And I have New Orleans winning the division 10-7. and 7. Atlanta's right behind them. Uh, they're going to come down to that probably that last game of the season. I think you said they played the last game of the season. 9-8. Uh, Carolina six and eleven, and Tampa Bakers five and twelve. All right, boys and girls, that was the NFC South. Now we are going to move on to the AFC South. All right, Longhorn, and in that AFC South, we are going to start with our perennial fucking punching bag, those mm-hmm. Houston. I'd say Houston Texans, a whopping three thirteen and one last year. So goddamn bad, they went under, the over-under, or four and a half. You know, but Vegas with a huge upgrade on them at six and a half. And this is where I was going to talk about this number that seems to be such a theme with high-profile first-round rookie quarterbacks. So, six and a half. Trevor Lawrence and Fields both had that same number. Sam Darnold and Josh Allen were at six. Daniel Jones was at six. Haskins six and a half, Tua six and a half, Zach Wilson at six, and other than Tua, they all went under, <laughs> except for Allen. He was a push, so it's a and there'll be more of this number coming up. But anyway, just to put in everybody's mind, basically Vegas with high-profile rookie quarterbacks, six is pretty much the floor because again they sell hope and they have an endless supply of it. Six and a half has been a pretty common number since about 2016. And, you know, Bryce Young's seven and a half. So we'll see how this plays out. But six and a half Longhorn. What do you got on those Houston Texans? Yeah, that's good. That's good information to know. I like that. Um, and, and, you know, it makes, that makes sense. Um, for the first time in a few years, I can see some light at the end of the tunnel on this on this uh, Houston Texans team. Um, you know, uh, first off, you know I, I really like the head coach that they brought in last year. You know, it, it, this is something that's going to take a while, and he's obviously a defensive minded coach, and he still has quite a bit of work cut out for him on that side of the ball. But you know, when you're starting a rebuild, and you and you recognize you're in a rebuild. This is what you do. You take your time. You take your lumps. You start picking good picks after good picks, and you and you start building this thing. And they're not starting at a horrible spot or place on the offensive line because you know when you're in a rebuild, especially with a with a rookie quarterback, you want to have some stability up there in the front. And with Laramie Tunsil, uh, Titus Howard. They brought in Shaq Mason from from uh, a free agent. They drafted Kenyon Green out of AM, who I did not like in the draft. If you go back and listen to that in 2022, didn't like him, but he's a first round guard. He graded what you would expect out of a you know first round guard. We'll see if he can have a bounce uh, bounce back in year two. 
And then they drafted in the second round, Juice Scruggs at center. So they've put in place for a team that you're looking for arrow up in the years to come, a a what should be a good offensive line eventually. Uh, but at least to start with Titus Howard and Laramie Tunsil, you're going to get some decent pra- pass protection there for sure. Now, in the skill position, you know, they they drafted a dude, Tank Dell, you know, one of, one of the draft, you know, favorites of anybody that follows the draft. His tape is, if you go back and watch his tape, his tape is fucking so fun to watch. And in one preseason game, he kind of flashed all of that of what he is. He's going to be open all the time in that slot. He's a tiny little slot receiver. And again, when you're a young quarterback, what do you want to help you out? A good offensive line, a good running game, and a guy that can get instant separation. He looked for- great, by the way, in their first preseason game. Oh, my God. Like He's one of those just instant separation guys, and young quarterbacks love people like that. Uh, they got they got Robert Woods and Nico Collins at the other wide receiver spots. Eh, you know, those are kind of dudes at this point. One's a young guy, Jag. One's an old guy, Jag. But you need kind of like that stability type type players. Uh, John, Ma- John Mechie, second-year player out of Alabama wide receiver who had, uh, was it cancer or John Hoppe? Whatever he had. He didn't play all last year. Okay, he's back this year. He's healthy. To go along with Tank Dell, if John Mechie can can prove, you know, can play like what he was at Alabama, the table set. I didn't even mention Damian Pierce running back because he is what he is. You know what you got, Damian Pierce. He's a stud running back. The table is set for C.J. Stroud to come in and grow and learn with his offense, and eventually you can see some light at the end of the tunnel. I don't think it's going to be this year. But you can see the process, and that's all I'm looking for when I when I do these roster evaluations. All I'm looking for is: Do you have a vision? Do you have a Do you have light at the end of the tunnel? And I do see it with Houston on offense. Now on defense, <sighs> it's not pretty. It's it's, it's, not, it's not. It is not pretty over here. I'm gonna. I'm going to uh, assume that the head coach, Demico Demico Ryan's, knows what he's doing over here. I hope he does because I don't particularly like it. They drafted Will. They traded up to take Will Anderson in the first round pass rusher out of Alabama. <sighs> Man, I don't know if this. I don't know if this is the team that needs to be doing that right now. But he shot his shot. He's a guy that wants a pass rusher. He's hoping this guy can be one of those Bosa type, uh, you know, uh, uh, Watt type pass rusher he needs this guy to be one of those 12 to 20 sack guys for this defense i don't think he is personally but we'll see how it works out for him because if not you're filled with a bunch of just not good um you know they brought in jimmy ward from san francisco that should help they need Derek stingley the first round pick from last year to take a huge step and and uh show that he can be a player worth that first round draft selection again i don't see it this year i do see where they're going eventually but i they're not ready yet i've got them going uh i've got them going five and 12 and comfortably comfortably under that six and a half is i think what you said so that's a pretty comfortable under for me five and 12 for the houston texans what do you got yeah and we did bet them on the under already um in vegas so uh, this year, Houston is favored in three games. Big fucking uptick from last year. <laughs> yeah. And one pick. That's an implied 
6.8 wins to Vegas is selling a little short on their over and under. Makes me a little nervous. I don't understand it, to be honest. So this team was awful on both sides of the ball. But Longhorn, I'll ask you a question real quick. I actually intently watched, for whatever reason, the first half of Houston versus New England uh, last week. And Houston literally beat the shit out of New England on both sides of the ball up front, which mm-hmm. I thought said more about New England than it did about Houston. But, I mean, I mean, they just got a bunch of jags. So I don't understand how that happened, but they they dominated both sides. So do you think that's legitimate or? No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't read anything into I don't read anything into the preseason. I didn't watch the game, but just, you know, we – and I'm only talking about the first half, so I'm not saying it's like all starters, but like it's it's got to be the first part of your depth chart at least. Yeah, I mean it's 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 not nothing, but it's we've learned through the years that you can't you know you got a young coach that's looking to looking to find you know something to build on, and you've got like a 30 year coach that's and a great that, point. that doesn't that's give a, a fuck about the preseason. So you know motivation is a big factor in preseason. That's a great point. Um, they were awful on both sides of the ball last year. They only scored 289 points. They gave up 420. Now, that should have won them four games. They lost the coin flip that would turn into win number four into a tie, which would still put them under, so who gives a shit. <laughs> but their schedule this year is, and I, I agree with you. I like a lot of things they're doing. I love D'Amico Ryan's as the hire. Total co- culture change. I love that. But their schedule is fucking brutal. How's that year. even possible? <laughs> I mean, they they play the NFC South. They're worse than all of those teams. Hmm. They play the AFC North. North. They're worse than all of those teams. Oh, God. They have one team on their schedule that currently we have power rated that they're better than, and that is when they host Arizona. And I'm just going to go ahead and call it, boys and girls, a little spoiler up. That's going to be Longhorn's <laughs> Corner TV game of the week when that think? shit happens. And regardless how you feel about Strout, he's not going to take this offense from 289 to 341 points. And that is through our research where the breakover to where you have a chance to win more than four games happens. Honestly, I cannot find more than three wins. I can't get them to more than 320 <laughs> points. And for all you Davis Mills haters out there, which we pray to God since we bet the under, that he doesn't start, which at this point is a real possibility because yeah. Stroud's not look good. Davis Mills is what he is. But for all you Davis Mills haters out there, uh, you're right. He's fucking god-awful. But he had a better CPOE and EPA and DVOA, DVOA, then Baker and Fields. And those teams scored 347 points and 326 points, respectively. Davis Mills and the Houston Texans only scored 289. So even if Stroud is better than Mills immediately, which I think that he will be, this team fucking sucks. Mm. Sucks. I don't so, think it will be. That, rookies are very rarely good I think he's, at the he, beginning. He will be better period but and i and i think he will score more points but he's not going to get them where they want to go no you're probably more accurate than i am but i'm going to go ahead and just say they go three and 14 that's where my numbers project 
That's where I'm officially going. They stink. Okay, can I just one quick uh, correction? I said that um, Kendrick Green was um, okay as a rookie guard. The guy I said I didn't like him on the draft. Uh, let me correct that. He was the worst guard PFF ranking in the league, 77th out of 77. That's a he small gr- correction. He, gr- <laughs> he graded 37.7. Like, I did not like him coming out, but I did not realize he was that fucking bad. So they, uh, if he's not, if he's going to be just slightly approved from that, which puts him below average, they got a rookie center. They're good at the other three spots with Shaq Mason, Titus Howard, and Tunsil, but, ugh. That's man, it's a lot worse than I thought. Yikes. Yeah, you know when I don't pump up an Aggie, they're probably not very good. And I didn't pump him up. Now, I forgot to mention the quick uh betting uh perspective on Houston last year, eight, eight, and one. My God, could you get any more fucking fifty fifty? No, you couldn't. No. Uh eight and nine the year before, five and eleven ATS the year before, eight ten before that. Just just don't probably Maybe maybe this year is the year the Houston crawls over the ATS win mark. Maybe, but just be selective. Be selective is what I would say. Yeah. All right, moving on. Indianapolis Colts. Woo, they had a barn burner last year. 4-12-1. Way <laughs> fucking under. The over-under of 10. R.I.P. Matt Ryan. Fucking Finally. Mm. Oh, this year, huge downgrade. Huge downgrade from Vegas to six and a half on the over under. And again, that's with a rookie quarterback. So that six and a half number right there hits, slaps us in the face again. So, Longhorn, what do you got on those Indianapolis Colts? Well, what I have is uh, I want to make a statement that I. I hate this fucking division. This is my... this. It's I, fucking garbage. This is the worst fucking division, and I hate having to do all this work on this shitty division. I will say, however, that, um, you know, like I've talked about before, there, there are certain They're going team, to win the Super Bowl. They are not going to win the Super Bowl. Okay. I was, that was not what I was going to say. Okay. Stay with me. I was going to say that <laughs> that this team... The, any, there's certain teams that kind of draft the way I would draft. There's certain teams that, like, when we're doing our draft process, uh, I have my little favorite little, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round guys that I target and I like. There's certain teams that kind of grab those type of guys. And Indy's one of those teams that does. So I like the way they build, but I hate this fucking team. Um, Anthony Richardson, I would never draft him. I get that he has that flash upside. Everybody's looking for that. Josh, Josh Allen type guy, uh, whatever. Let, let's let's put that in a pocket because we all know what what he is or won't be this year. You're not going to expect much, but he's going to have his flashes. Outside of that, you know the offensive line. It's it's really good players mixed in with really bad players, like like the right guard and the left tackle situation. I don't know what they're doing, uh, but then you mix in Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly at center, and Braden Smith at, at right tackle. You're looking really awesome. Now, when you go to the skill positions, some of my favorite players in the drafts over the last three years at, at the receiver position, Michael Pittman, they got in the second round. Alex Pierce, they got in the second round. Josh Downs, one of my favorite slot receivers in last year's draft, they got him in the third round. They're building uh, at tight end, Jelani Woods, who's one of my favorite tight ends coming out last year. They got him in the third round. I love the draft process of what they're doing on offense, but they got a rookie quarterback. Uh, 
who's not going to be able to throw very well. Uh, You know, this is going to be tough. They're going to be a hard team to watch on offense. It's going to be a lot of three and outs, a lot of, of Richardson just taking off and running, dropping back, not not getting the right read, not liking what he sees, and just taking off. Uh, so you know it, they are going to be what they what you expect on offense—a heavy running team, struggle to watch. Now on defense, again they take a lot of players that I like. They're workmanlike up front. They're very workmanlike with some with some pass rushers on the inside and the outside with Quiddy Pay and DeForest Buckner. Uh, and then they got a star in, in Shaq Leonard in the middle, uh, uh, at linebacker and on, but here's where you get to the problem. Here's where you get to a big, big problem is this might be the worst secondary in the NFL. And that's saying a lot for a team that has put some, you know, some, some draft picks and, and some equity into this, this back, this, uh, this secondary. The problem is they're all young. They might have, they might have two. Rookie cornerbacks starting, Bosevis. Does that sound good? Does it sound good when you say you have two rookie starting corners? Not how does that make bigly. you? How does that make bigly. you feel? And uh, and one of them was a fifth round guy, Darius Rush, who I loved, um, but he's pushing to start, and that's and that's to go along with the second round guy, Juju Brents, who they took in the second round. So, long story short, I ne- and go ahead, pull the curtain back. I don't do the roster thing. That's what Longhorn does. In fact, I had a question about this roster. I'll ask him in a second. Uh, for what I've penciled in, the two people I just mentioned, I don't even have them written down, so I have no fucking clue who he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, and that's that's kind of the problem. Now, Kenny Moore, he's one of the better uh, nickel slot cornerbacks in the league. Uh, see, he got that to lean on. Um, and, and I got him. I got him. Hey, him a bingo card. There you go. Now, uh, at safety, I love Nick Cross. They took him into the third round. Again, along the lines of what I say, they take players I really like, but none of them are ready yet. And to go along with an offense that's going to be struggling, a running back that is unhappy, and an offensive line that's kind of like, you know, they were supposed to be really good last year on the offensive line, and they weren't. They were not. So I don't know what to make of this team. Uh, I, I think it's arrow up going forward based on the draft you know, the people that they're drafting, but I have it not good this year. And I've got them at five and 12 tied with Houston at the bottom of this shit ass division. Okay. So we have two different opinions about this team, but we ended up in the same place. (laughs) Okay. So I'll come at from my perspective. They're favored in two games, three pickums, dogs and 12 implied wins, 6.8. So again, Vegas, uh, a little bit over they're six and a half. Win projection. Again, not really sure, but maybe they're thinking Gardner Minshew, my boy, the stash is gonna start more games mm-hmm. than I think he's gonna be. But we just saw today, and it's kind of killed some of my write up that uh Richardson has been named the starter. So he's in. Uh, this team last year, almost a rinse and repeat from Houston. They scored 289, exact same number as Houston. They gave it 427, more than Houston, but somehow they won more, one more game than them. So on top of having a rookie quarterback starting now, they have negative luck regression coming their way. And, you know, Taylor has been refusing to even play. You know, now that he's going to report for camp, who knows where his mind's at. But this team and this organization 
you know, is pretty much a dumpster fire at this fucking point. And Longhorn, I was going to ask you about the wide receiver tight end running back combination because just looking at it on paper and the grades, it looked terrible. You said that you like these guys on the come up, so I trust your judgment on that. Yeah, on the come up, but, you know, not not yet. So, you know, if it's Richardson's team, you know, he's not going to have, I think, really the help to start, at least to start, to win a lot of football games this year. And rookie quarterbacks don't win a lot of football games anyway as a general rule. I know there's been the Dak thing. I know there was the Big Ben thing. Those are the two outliers. I get it. But those two teams are built to win right that second. Big Ben wasn't the fucking plan, and Dak was not the plan. So it's, that's not – this is a different fucking world we're living in. Now, looking at the schedule, I see two wins before Thanksgiving. Yes. Now, after the bye week, which is, you know, this year, uh, th- their schedule does lighten up. And they're in Germany the week before the bus. So they get a full 14 days for the next game. Now, if I was the GM of the Colts, I would not play Anthony Richardson until this moment. And here's why. I'm not saying this is what they're going to do. Obviously, it's not what they're going to do. But right. they get 14 days off. They're going to they're gonna be two and what the fuck ever. Now, the next game they host Tampa Bay. That's definitely definitely a winnable game. They install Richardson. That would give him the last four home games of the season. All four of those games are winnable. They host Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, Las Vegas, and Houston. So that's what I would do. But again, this organization doesn't seem to be interested in doing things right lately. So I, if they're going to start him, whatever. But with him, if they have two wins before Thanksgiving... If they win three out of those four, that will put them at five and twelve. So, and although I don't think they can score the points to get quite to five and twelve, their defense was fourteenth in DVOA last year. They just couldn't. But to your point, I'm on the secondary. They could not stop anybody from fucking scoring, and that is a lot harder to fix the other way around. You could be fucking, you know. 25th in DVOA and top 10 in scoring, you know, Ben don't break, which we'll get there with Tennessee. That's fine. That's, you know, you give a lot of yards, whatever. That's the modern modern day NFL. Just fucking don't let them score in the red zone. But to your point, the secondary, they cannot stop anybody from scoring the fucking football. That's something you just don't fix unless you bring in talent to do it, which you said that they didn't. So, again, I've got them going 5-12. Uh, officially as well, but I don't like the direction of this team at all. I don't understand anything really that's going on, so I'll, I'll disagree with you there, but I agree with you this year on the overall record. Yeah. And then, sorry to quickly recap, the betting perspective last year, 6-11 ATS, so you lost your balls off, but then two years before that, 10-7 and and 10-7, and so They've been, you know, overall plus two, three, plus two, three, minus six, one. Yeah, you've lost money if you bet the Colts the last three years. So, yeah, you know, this this year's going to be a tough swap, but, th- but they will have. So, late in the year, though, boys and girls, late in the year, we will be on Indy. 
there's going to be some spots where they're going to be very undervalued, especially, like no. I said, in those last four home games. For sure. They're going to be undervalued. We will be on some fucking Indianapolis Colts. We hope Anthony Richardson runs for 200 goddamn yards or whatever he's going to do. Throws for 50. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> All right, moving on to my Jacksonville Jaguars, baby. Nine and eight last year, well over that six and a half over under. And although that did beat us, more importantly, for the long-term success with Trevor Lawrence, he beat his second year over under total, which, if you remember last year, we gave you the list of quarterbacks since 2016 that did and did not beat their second year starting over under totals in Vegas. Some people say, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Well, the ones that did become have become to be average to elite, or sorry, above average to elite quarterbacks in the NFL. The ones that did not are either unemployed or they're on their way to being fucking unemployed. The two exceptions to that rule so far that we've found, Dak Prescott and Justin Herbert, but we also noted last year that both of those had over-under wins of 9.5, whereas the rest of them, their average over-under was 7. So two and a half games above where the rest of them were. They had a lot more expectations on their shoulders. They, they both fell. Just, Justin Herbert won nine, I think, the year, and I think Dak won like eight. So they fell just short. But everybody else that does not pass their second year over under, Baker Mayfield included, yeah, no, 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 no more goody. No more goody. <laughs> so anyway, uh, things looking up. For Trevor Lawrence and the Jags, Longhorn, what do you got a my Jacksonville Jaguars? Oh, are they? Are they looking up? I gotta tell you, man. I did look, and it's maybe it's a conflict of interest in the way uh, that I that I would build a team because it's completely backwards. Now, obviously, you can't argue with the success, and when you have a quarterback like you know, like what TL looks like, he's becoming. It will it will make up and cover up a lot of these roster flaws that that you have, but you know I don't I can't I just again this fucking division is so terrible. Who else am I going to pick to win it? I got nobody. I got nobody else to pick to win it. You got so nobody else in the. I don't. Covered mother yeah. Hubbard. No no mother Hubbard Hubbard's situation. Uh, <laughs> this is terrible. Let me just say this. I hate the roster. I hate the the building of the roster. Like I start when I when I roster, you know, study, I start like I've said a million times, offensive line and pass rush. Offensive line and pass rush. Well, that just happens to be the two weakest spots on this team. So, it it goes against my soul to pick a team like this to win the division. However, they are so strong at other positions uh, including the most important ones in quarterback and head coach, that that's obviously in a weak division. It's it's probably going to carry them over. But uh, just let me give a little reference on the offensive line, which which again, by the way, is terrible. Uh, I the the four man returning roster that they have, the starters, they average fifty eight point seven PFF rating. The right tackle is a rookie. That's awesome. <laughs> the right tackle is a rookie, so obviously he has no rating, but he's a you know a rookie from Oklahoma. We'll see what he what he rates at. Now to put that in perspective, fifty eight point seven in the off season, I did a Super Bowl 
roster breakdown of, of Philly and Kansas City and put them into position groups and what their PFF rankings were. And so j- just for comparison, Philly averaged on the offensive line PFF rating 80.2. Kansas City, 76.1. Again, reminder, Jacksonville with the four that were returning starters, 58.7. That is very hard for me to pick this team. So you're to- saying we got a chance. <laughs> I'm saying that TL and this and these uh and this skill position group of Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, and Travis Etienne, they're gonna have to do their work again to lead the way. Uh, obviously, they did it last year, so they can do it again. Uh, uh, it's just it's just me personally. I can't. It's hard for me to do that uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Again, where's the pass rush? Where's it coming from? Uh, you've got a proven pass rusher in Josh Allen. Who else? You know, there's nobody in the middle that can that can rush the passer. There's the guy they drafted number one overall, Trayvon Walker, who I hated coming out, or I didn't hate him, but I didn't like the position they were going to play him at. He was bad. You know, he proved that he's not a that turn the edge compliment to Josh Allen. So uh, I just don't like it. Now up the middle on on the second level with with uh, Devin Lloyd. The I can't say his name. It's a weird African name from Atlanta. The free agent they brought from Atlanta. Atlanta. He he. They graded out well. They drafted Chad Muma. Love him in the middle. So I love the second level. Third level. It it's okay. You know. It it's some guys that that did okay last year and should be good on this year. Where's the pass rush? Where's the offensive line? I can see it going bad, and. And I would normally say this is a chance for someone else to sneak up and take this division, but uh, but there's nobody to do it. So I've got them going nine and eight. I'm putting them in nine and eight just because I don't like the roster. But yes, winning this division. What do you got? All right. Well, to support your point, they were 26th last year DVOA defense. Hmm. However, this year over under, like I said, nine and a half dogs and five one pick them twelve faves. 10.4 implied win, so Vegas is way fucking underselling their the Jags on the over-under win expectations and all the research I've done. That means they're going over, boys and girls. But I do get it. If you put the Jags at 10, you're going to get hammered on the fucking under, so I do understand why Vegas has done this. Now, in this division, they could win nine games again and still win the division again as they did yeah. last year. Now, last year they scored 404 points, but even despite, like I said, being 26 DVOA, great example, Ben not break. They only gave up 350. Now, the average last year in the NFL was 370. So they were above average scoring defense, even though they're not very good on defense. Now, that's uh, that's right at 10 wins if you give them or, or take those numbers. So... They should have some positive luck regression coming their way as well. They only lost 49 starts year over year, lowest number of any team that we have covered so far. Now, people say their schedule is much harder this year than last year. They face seven teams that are projected having winning records. Well, that's the same number that they had last year. They're just the names are different, so people recognize them different. Overall, I expect much of the same. I do expect some progression from Trevor Lawrence, obviously. Their defense, I expect it to be average to slightly below average, same as it was last year. 
So if you give them progression, natural progression, they get score 436. They give up 382, which is le- which is worse than average. That gives them right at 10.05 wins. I think that's fair enough. I'll take 10 and 7 officially. I do expect them to do jag-like things, however, like maybe lose to Indy in week one and then maybe beat Buffalo in London for no reason at all. Mm-hmm. So I'll say officially 10 and 7 for the Jags for me. Yeah, it's a, it's, ugh. Don't, they got to get, they got to get some, you can't just expect the quarterback to just play behind a line like that and, and go out and keep winning games. But that seems to be the plan. That is their plan. All right, moving on. Those Tennessee Titans. Since I've been forgetting to do this at the beginning, I'll do it now. Nine and seven last nine seven and one last year. Excuse me. ATS plus one point three two units. Ten and eight year before plus one point two. Seven and ten before that you lost four units, and ten eight and one the year before that plus one point two units. So basically, fitty fitty. If you're betting on Tennessee every game for the last four years. Now last year seven and ten, Rabel's first losing season I believe. Under their nine and a half over under win projections, huge downgrade from Vegas this year down to seven and a half. So Longhorn, what about those Tennessee Titans? Uh, have I mentioned this is a terrible division? Like this is just terrible. This is just god awful. Um, this is a this this feels like a team and an organization that is not. It's not. Uh, it's a little confused on what they are. Because they should be a team that's in full transition and acknowledging that and taking the steps to do it, you know, much like like a Houston is doing, you know, like like t- like what teams do when you're in transition. However, they're not because they're doing half of that, and then the other half they're bringing in people like DeAndre Hopkins. They're hanging on to people like Derrick Henry. It's just I don't I don't like what they're doing. And then, and then I think that part of the reason that's, that that's happening is because you have a, a head coach that is just, you know, we're, we're never going to be bad. We're never going to not try to win culture. It's just not in him to take that complete step back and get better. Uh, which is why you have a quarterback like Ryan Tannehill starting the season when you've spent a third round and a second round pick in quarterbacks, the last two drafts. And yet here we are, uh, just sending out people like Tannehill, Henry and Hopkins. So it just, it's, it's kind of a mess on the offensive line. I'm a, I'm going to read these names to you, Bo Stevenson. You tell me when you recognize an offensive lineman. Andre Dillard, Peter Skaronsky, Aaron Brewer, Daniel Brunskill, and Chris Hubbard. Do any of those ring a bell? I'm pretty sure I used one of those to cut a two-by-four earlier today. I was making a, a table outside. <laughs> one of those. Really good tools. So, yeah. I, mean, I don't know what you're talking about. There's a lot of tools on this offensive line. It's not good. Peter Skaronsky was one of my favorite offensive line. That was Come- it. I, I used the Peter yeah. Skaronsky. Well, he's going to be really good at left guard. The problem is everything around him is absolute trash. Um, long story short, on this team, it's very workmanlike on defense. I expect it to be very workmanlike on uh, production on defense. A lot of names that I don't like on defense, but with this coach, 
they find a way to kind of get it done. Uh, it's not ugly on defense. I'll just say that. It's ugly on offense. It's not ugly on defense. He'll get them, you know, he'll find a way to get it done on defense. But on offense, my God, there's no way that Ryan Tannehill, even if he's on this roster to end the year, which I, I still don't think he will. I think he'll be on a different team. It, he won't be starting. So he, it's going to be a bad struggle on offense behind a bad offensive line. You know, Henry will, he'll, he'll slam it up there for three or four yards when he gets the ball. Uh, Hopkins will make some plays when, when he gets, gets a chance. But by the end of the year, either Will Levis or Malik Willis is starting. It's, it's a, they're going to be forced into a transition type mode. And I've got them going six and 11. And that's only because I'm hat tipping. The, the head coach and this organization that for the most part over the last, you know, half decade or more finds a way to win games. So that's just, that's simply a hat tip. Otherwise I'd, ha- I'd have them at four and 13 and behind in, in Houston. Uh, and it's a, and, uh, they're just, it's a bad roster. It's just a bad roster and it's going to, it's going to be some quit setting in with people like Derrick Henry and Tannehill. They're, they're going to quit because it's a bad, it's a bad team, bad roster. Oh man! Oh. What's the over under? What 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 is the over under? Seven and a half. Oh god! Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, they're favored in four, three pickums and ten dogs at seven point four eight wins implied, basically right on the number. So obviously, Vegas is dealt a straight number here because, like you said, it's hard to figure out which way this rebuild is going to go. They lost a hundred and fifty two starts year over year. They see how their offense only scored 298 points last year. <laughs> that might not be a fucking terrible thing. But the problem is, the offensive personnel, to me, seems to continue to get worse. And again, I'm not the roster guy, but when I'm looking at this offense, I feel like I'm one of the construction workers from Major League. These guys don't look so fucking good. Like, well, you're a run, you're you're off you're a team that's built on a established running game offense, and you you lost all your offensive linemen. You let them all go. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it it doesn't seem good. Now they did draft the future goat of running backs in Tajay Spears, but that probably won't help them much this year. Mm-hmm. Now their defense is not terrible from a points against perspective. But again, that is very Vrabel-like. He bends and doesn't break on defense. But he could not stop anyone from moving the ball last year. Like dead last versus the pass is what Tennessee was. Horrible. Bottom half of the league on sacks. You know, yeah. I don't like picking Vrabel to lose. Yeah. But, at I mean, at their very, very ceiling, I cannot see them winning more than nine games with this projection. Oh. And that's if everything, and I mean fucking every, Tannehill starts all year, it comes together. Like, if everything fucking goes right, that is their absolute fucking ceiling. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I'm going to go 7-10 and 10 officially. I feel like you had them at 8-9 and nine and you bumped it down. Actually, I had them. That's a great call. I had him at 8, 8, and 1. Uh, okay. So I'm bumping it down to 7 and 6. See how well we know each other? Uh-huh. I can I, hear it. I'm going to bump it. it down to 7 and 10, mainly because 
They have one less matchup this year than last year versus projected. Winning team overall, you know, so I don't think they're as good as last year, but I think they can come up with the same record if and if everything. And and if Tannehill's gone, like if my buddy's, if, if Longhorn's right, and Tannehill's gone by midseason, and we're looking at fucking mm. uh, either one, either I don't care which yeah, quarterback it, it is. It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Doesn't matter. It it's over. It's fucking over, and he's gonna be right, and I'm gonna be wrong for sure. But I'll go seven and ten. Overall, there's this is literally I'm reading my notes. I hate this team. Yeah. I hate this team. And last line of my notes, I have no idea how they ever win a game. That's the last line of my notes. I have no idea how yeah. they're ever gonna win a fucking football game. Well, they're not this year. They're they're gonna, they're gonna lose a lot of them. All right, so to officially recap, I've got my Jacksonville Jaguars repeating as division champion 10-7. and seven. That's slightly to the over. I've got the Tennessee Titans at 7-10. and 10. That is slightly to the under. I've got Indy 5-12, solidly in the under. And Houston 3-14, again, solidly in the under. All right, and I have Jacksonville nine and eight, just barn burning this fucking AFC South. Slide I got under. Yep, I've got Tennessee six and eleven, well under. I've got Houston five and twelve, well under. And I've got I'm sorry, well they're the same. Indy five and twelve also, both both under. A lot of unders in this shit ass division. Oh, it is a fucking shithole, boys and girls. But you know what's not? It's these motherfucking free picks coming at you right now, baby. Time everybody was waiting on some of those free SF picks of the week. Lay it on them, baby. Yeah, we just talked about them. Uh, Tennessee, bad roster. Quarterback's going to be gone by week six. I don't like the way it looks. I'm going under the. Did you say it was six and a half for Tennessee? Seven and a half? Uh, seven and a half. Yeah, I got them six and 11, and that is a stretch. So under for Tennessee for me. All right, best, best for me, New Orleans, plus 125 to win the division. All right, best defense in the division, best current quarterback in the division, best schedule in the division, and the only team Vegas is projecting to have a winning record in the division, and the only team in the division not to be a preseason dog to it in a single division game, and you get plus money coming back. Now, you could bet the over 9.5 plus 110, but you get 15 cents more here. And if they go over nine and a half, it's almost 100% guaranteed that they will win the division. And throw a little sprinkle on half a unit. Sprinkle. Plus 1,300 for them to win the NFC Championship. Now, they have to compete with San Francisco, Detroit, Philadelphia. Those are other projected division winners, or at least for me so far. And then you got Dallas, Minnesota, Seattle, and the Rams in the wild card mix. They can't compete, in my opinion, with any of those teams. I like this flyer, the plus 1,300 for them to win the NFC Championship. Now, best bet on the NFC South is Houston, under 6.5 wins. 
They haven't won more than four games since 2019, and now a rookie quarterback shows up, and you're going to win seven? Go fuck yourself, yeah. that kid. <laughs> All right, so under six and a half for Houston. Now, on to college. Southern Miss, over five. Frank Gore Jr. is a legitimate fucking superstar. Ran for over 1,300 yards again. In addition to that, he threw four touchdowns and had a quarterback rating of 248. And how did he accomplish this? Well, because for the second straight year, all of Southern Miss's quarterbacks got hurt. And he literally just ran the Wildcat, and they still won six games, and then they beat Rice in the bowl game. So this year, they avoid Georgia State and Coastal Carolina, the two top-rated teams in that division. They, If they win all of their home games they're favored in, that's five wins, and they have three road games that will be coin flips. You only need to hit one of those, and you are home, baby. And this year, supposedly Longhorn, they're supposed to actually have a quarterback. So in other words, in Michael Jordan, the ceiling is the roof. Yeah. Go ceiling. fucking Golden Eagles. Ceiling roof. And then one more. Colorado. Those Buffaloes under three and a half. Now, I've never liked Dion as a player, but I always respected his talent. Well, as a coach, I like him, and I respect what he's doing to change the culture of not only Colorado and that garbage-ass program, but all of college football. But this is going to be a baptism by fire in week one. They lost the most players ever recorded in the portal last year. But Coach Brom has brought in some good talent, also the portal coming back, but not near as much as he lost. However, you cannot bring in a whole new team and have it go well in the first year, especially in this year's version of the Pac-12, where every single one of the top teams that he will place will be able to score the ball at a ridiculous fucking pace. And I heard from a source that I respect very much, that every single coach that he talked to in the Pac-12 that plays them this year has this game circled because mm. they want to, and I quote, beat the shit out of his cocky ass. Mm. So instead of the hunters, they will actually be the hunted. And Longhorn, we all know what happens when white guys start hunting buffaloes. So they they better get it while it's good. Yeah, they're winning, but their winnable home games this year are Nebraska. Colorado State, Stanford, and Arizona. They only have one winnable road game, and that's at Arizona. So out of five winnable games, two which they will most definitely be dogs in, you got to win four. I don't see that happening. I'll give them three out of five. I think that's being generous. They go under three and a half for Coach Prime in year one. Yeah. Play play the long game on Dion. Long game on Dion. It's gonna be a rough year. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's gonna work out. I love this dude as a coach. I really do. But year one, stick with me, boys and girls. It's gonna be a rough year for the Buffaloes. All right, Longhorn. Tell them about that fabulous website one more time. Award winning episode number one forty five of the Football Glory Hole podcast is in the books. And speaking of books, if you would like to beat your book into submission this season, be sure to go to thefootballgloryhole.com and check out those free picks, which went 30 and 14 last year, by the way. 30 and 14. I feel like that's pretty damn good. While you're there, click on those college, NFL, and combo packages so that we may become partners for life in both CFAs, as always, in a mostly non-sexual way people stop throwing away your heart on money in the guessing game let the pros do the heavy lifting so sign up 
tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Come on. God damn it, people never pay a bookie again. Stephen Tyler, take yourself over.